Uh, we are back with another episode of Leafs Talk Forever. Um, Kyle's back from his vacation. I think we made fun of you actually last week on the podcast because you won a cruise. I think I said it was the cruise edition, and then me, me and Scott made fun of you for a few minutes. So glad to have you back. Um, and uh, we're going to kick this one right off with uh, one of these two boys talking about the trade that was made on last Friday night. Who wants to Who wants to talk about it? Uh, you can go first, Kyle. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I was on the ship when the trade happened. Um, it was kind of unexpected being um, a couple of weeks before the deadline. I didn't expect the Leafs to make a deal like that. But as we've seen in the past with the – when we got Campbell, um, Campbell and whoever else we had in that deal. Oh, Kyle um, Clifford? Yeah, that one was, I think, a good chunk before the deadline. Um, same with that Muzzin trade. I'm pretty sure again that one wasn't that that one wasn't at the deadline. It was before. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, you're right. They're both in February. Yeah. Okay. Um, would have been kind of awkward if both of them were on the deadline. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of unexpected from, from my part. Um, everyone was talking about how Leafs don't want to trade for rental players, this and that. They don't want to give up their their picks. And I kind of expected someone, uh, a ro- some roster players to leave. Um but yeah, so far the trade it's uh, definitely produced a couple of rental players, O'Reilly and Achari. Um, O'Reilly fit right, right in second line. It's worked out pretty well so far. Um, Achari filled a big bottom six role, kind of that uh, heavy grind or not heavy grinding player that'll just hit whatever's in his path. Um, yeah, I I like the trade so far, and hopefully. At the end of this, it's all positive, and we can maybe even bring them back next year. But for now, we're just talking um, present and keep winning, and hopefully playoffs are a uh, success this year with them in it. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know what it's like to get trade notifications on a cruise, but that seems pretty sweet. Um for those of you who haven't heard, I mean, you've probably already heard by now, as Kyle mentioned, Ron O'Reilly, Noel Achari comes to Toronto. Toronto gives a plethora of prospects away. Minnesota takes 25%. I'm sure you guys have already all seen the trade. Um, Kyle, this one's for you, though, because I know that you, out of all three of us, really wanted that that grinding um, forward rather than, uh, kind of like a, more of a, like a Patrick Kane style. So what do you think that we kind of got two of them, but Nola Chari has 13 hits in three games. You excited about that kind of stuff or you just, you want another player like him? Yeah, no. Um Chari's definitely what I was looking for. Um, I still want the, the guy that's a little tougher, but obviously nowadays, um, NHL has kind of changed and you don't get a lot of those tough guys. Um, like a Josh Anderson, uh, guys that can kind of do anything, Tom Wilson. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Ach- Achari, I think he's uh, he definitely checked uh, 
checked off the list for me, but uh, yeah, there's there's definitely going to be more deals to come. And O'Reilly, yeah, he, uh, he, I, I think it was, I don't know if I said in the past that I wanted this uh, top six forward as well, but yeah, um, yeah, I mean that trade definitely, um, it was definitely what I was looking for. Yeah, I think the one time I asked you guys what you what you guys would want from the Leafs to do, like in a trade deadline perspective, and you both said top six. Uh, I think at one point we all said defense too, which obviously probably is I still didn't. coming. You didn't say top six. No, I said bomb six depth defense. Oh, okay, well, what a nerd. I said if you, if they did get a guy who could play top six, that'd be like beneficial, but. I said that you could just rotate guys like Jan Croak or Kerfoot or whatever up and down. Well, I mean, technically, they there's still a chance that they could do that. Um, they could be putting Ryan O'Reilly on the third line at some point. Um, so we could could technically get the best of both worlds. But depth defense, I guess, is still to come. Yeah. Um, and quickly, I just want to—I just want to note this because this will spark a little bit more conversation. Before I get your opinion on the trade, Scott, uh, there's there seems to be a stale—I guess it's stalemate or 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 whatever word they use in chess. Um, is that it? Anyway, who cares? Uh, basically, the defensive market is frozen because Gabrikov is out for trade-related reasons, and and Chitrin. Uh, and, and both of those players haven't been traded. It's been almost well two weeks for Chitrin and uh, basically, what, a week for Gavrikov. So today, Dmitry Orlov goes to Boston, who was supposed to be the front runner on, on Gavrikov. Like, apparently, there was, like, an, uh, a verbal deal in place. Boston just needed to sort some stuff out. Obviously, tonight, with Minnesota retaining on both O'Reilly's deal or contract and Orlov's contract, um, that was what Boston needed to get done. So to spark this conversation in terms of depth and the and, and the opinion on the trade, do you feel that Toronto could potentially make a move to potentially, like, say, Rasmus Sandin to be on the move? Or do you think that it's just going to be s- simply depth? Like, do you think Gavrikov is an option for Toronto now? Or or do you just guys think that that's their big fish, Ryan O'Reilly Achari, and now we're moving into depth? I don't think uh, – I don't think Dubas is done especially after the fact that he's seeing Boston's doing this when we do know Boston's success. And after this trade, they're just going to get better. Um, I think that defenseman is still going to be needed. Not saying it'll be a big name, but um, like I've seen in your articles, I would love Scott Mayfield on, um, on the Leafs blue line. Oh, you know who wouldn't? That guy that was chirping me on Twitter. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the New York Rangers but fan. It, the only he, time like, of, he's a moron. It, first of all, Scott Mayfield isn't. Fan. Scott Mayfield isn't the Islanders' best defenseman. Yeah, I, I, I don't think like anyone agreed with him. <laughs> I would hope not. Like the only time Rangers and Leafs fans agree on something, it's when the Islanders are involved, and it just comes to ripping them. And the Rangers fan just spoke up and was like, basically, you're an idiot, so shut your mouth. I don't know. He, he realizes that they've got Noah Dobson, Adam Pellick, and Ryan Pulak, too. Yeah, and they also have, uh, what's his name, Robin Sallow? 
and um, uh, Brody Wild, or whatever you pronounce his name, uh, in the minors who Lou Lemorel buried because he wouldn't get vaccinated, which is a stupid reason to bury a hockey player and ruin his development. But um, yeah, so they have so many guys, and like the good thing about Scott Mayfield is he basically is a is an upgrade on Justin All. Like he does everything that Justin All is supposed to do, but he actually does it. And and we know that Justin Hall doesn't do anything. So, yeah, I agree with you. I'd, I'd want him on the team too. But uh, Scott, what's your reaction on the trade? Yeah, I was in the same boat as Kyle. That kind of made me look <laughs> like good one. Yeah, that was same boat. No pun intended. <laughs> Kyle and Scott went on a um, cruise together. That's cute. It kind of made me look like an <laughs> idiot because the the podcast before I, I i went on point to say i don't think Toronto's adding any of anybody of name they're just gonna add depth guys or or, or uh role play pieces and then not even 24 hours later uh do this trade for ryan o'reilly so yeah i think what kyle said was was the same thought i had it was shocking i didn't expect it but both players fit the needs that the team has yeah i remember what i told you i had just come back from town picking up some little caesar's pizza and uh, I looked at my phone, and it was just blowing up, like just Twitter notification, NHL, TSN, Sportsnet. And I looked, and it was like the first tweet I saw was Trauma Police, and it was their Twitter account. But the, the reason why I thought it was fake is because they on my phone they had a yellow verification symbol instead of the blue. And I was like, there's no way this is real. And then I went to Elliot Friedman, and he said he thinks that Boston, or excuse me, St. Louis and Toronto are working on something. And then I just told you right away, and then within three seconds, the whole trade came down. But yeah, uh, yeah it's one of those trades where if this works out, it's going to be uh, remember where you were when it happened. Yeah, those those it's are like, the better trades, I think. The well, like, when they come on, yeah, yeah, like if you hear you hear rumors about like. Boston and on Orloff, and then three days later he traded to, he's traded to them, and you're like, okay, well, like it kind of ruins it. But then when there's like a trade that comes out of nowhere that nobody was really reporting on, and nobody really had an, um, any kind of insight in, and then it just drops, and then everybody talks about it for the next week. Yeah, and and the crazy thing about this trade was like Ryan O'Reilly went to Doug Armstrong when they met, and he told Doug Armstrong like, I guess Toronto. This is just the the rumor that I heard. That Toronto was this was the destination you want to go to. So then Kyle Dubas and Doug Armstrong like grinding out the details. Apparently the trade should have been done at like five or six, but they needed to wait on Minnesota. But Minnesota didn't want to do anything, I guess, before they played the game, so they wanted to wait till after. That's why it was like almost twelve o'clock at night when when it broke. But mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, you're right. Those trades, and it's always it's always nice when, like as you mentioned, like even tonight with the Orloff thing. Like it was Gavrik, it was Gavrikov, it was Gavrikov. Then Washington announces that uh, Hathaway and Orlov are sitting out. My first inclination was like uh, Orlov's going to be going to like a, an Edmonton, you know what I mean? Like a, a team that needs depth that can't afford a whole bunch of cap. And then within like four minutes, this is what I was saying to Kyle before the podcast. It's like within four minutes, Orlov and Hathaway were traded after being announced as out. You know what I mean? Like those are the ones, as you said, are, are mm-hmm. that really spark interest and make it fun, not. Not the ones like Jacob Trichrin and the LA Kings when they finally make this deal that's going to be like, this has been three weeks in the making. And I swear to you right now, I'm going to go live on this podcast and say this. If Jacob Trichrin doesn't get traded this year, I, I I don't think I'll be a hockey fan next year because I cannot stand this guy 
It's trade rumors yet again next year. Like it is the most annoying thing in my I've I've like every every podcast, every radio show is just Jacob it's just like the most annoying thing. Almost as annoying as what Kyle's saying, like in his opinion, Patrick Kane. Yeah, that's another frustrating one for sure. It's like Yeah, I think just, I mean it's a little different though. I think Kane is, is drawing it out longer than it needs to be. Because he just doesn't decide, it doesn't like hasn't decided where he wants to go. Whereas Chitrin, I think it's just the, the team jumped the gun on announcing anything, and then the trades that they may have had in line kind of fell through, and then they just kind of were holding the bag and looked like idiots. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. The, the thing that annoys me though about the Kane thing is like the Rangers missed him, or the Rangers like chose to not go with him. Then he was frustrated, spoke on for uh, like publicly about it. Then Toronto trades for O'Reilly. Then he has that good game against Toronto. Comes out and says like, "There's, there's never been any trade rumors. Don't listen to anything you say, anything you hear." Blah blah blah. And now it's like now the Rangers are circling back. Apparently Toronto can make it work. Like it's like so. How what is actually true? What's not true? You know? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, obviously, I I don't know. This is all just opinion, but I don't think either the Rangers or Toronto are going to get him. It just it seems like they had interest in him at first, and they may still have interest in him, but like they were all in on him, like he was their top priority until he couldn't decide what team he wanted to go to, and then Rangers added Tarasenko and Leafs added O'Reilly. It just it doesn't seem like a like a, a good move now to after adding those two pieces to help your team, just to circle back on a player who hasn't decided if he even really wants to play for your team. And that's the frustrating part is like basically now what's going to happen is he's going to be a Claude Drew and say, tell Kyle Davidson he wants to go to the Rangers and then the Rangers in Chicago will grind on a way to find this deal, like to find a deal to make it happen because he wants to play for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so then now the Rangers are going to add, have the kid line. They're going to have Trocheck with Patrick Kane and whomever else is on that line. And then, uh, and then they're going to have their top line with Sabinajad, Tarasenko, and Panarin. And then they're going to have to probably trade. I think it's like Philip Hedl or Cheadle or whatever who's on the second line. Like, they're probably going to have to part with him. They're probably going to have to part with some of their prospects and the picks. And it's just like all this to get beat on the first round. Like that's that's nuts to me. You know what I mean? Like I I, I actually don't know. I guess they wouldn't probably be beat on the first round. But I, if they face Carolina, I, I don't think the Rangers are beating Carolina. Well, are they in a wild card spot right now? The Rangers? Yeah. I don't know, actually. Rangers are playing the Devils. The Devils? Oh, okay. Then they might win their first round. I mean, they could be Carolina, too. Like, that lineup is actually really good. I'm not knocking them. That was no, like, slight against them or saying, like, you know, like, I'm just making jokes. Like, I just, if personally, I think Carolina is a team that's, like, built for the playoffs. Like, they're going to be the grind you down. Not like an over physical team, but like, basically finish their checks and, and make it a mental battle on you. And I think that comes a lot from their head coach. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so they're in third right now. Yeah, so they'd be playing the Devils, as Kyle said. Uh, they pretty much have that on lock, I guess. Everyone's making such a big deal of the, well, I guess because of wild card, but everyone's making such a big deal of the of the Sabres. But then they lost three games. I think they've lost three games in a row. 
which would have basically put them in the second wild card if they won them all. But you know who's one one game behind? Florida. Sorry, two two points behind. No, well, Florida's in the playoff spot right now, but they uh, uh, Detroit and Pittsburgh they both have four games in hand on Florida, and they're one and two points away. But I re- I really hope Detroit makes the playoffs, man. I don't. Why? Well, I mean, I don't like Detroit, and they already made the playoffs. What twenty seven years in a row before going on? A yeah, that's. That's true, but I think, like, in my personal opinion, there's there's teams in the NHL that make hockey better when they're in the playoffs, like Toronto, Boston, the Rangers, Detroit, Chicago. Like, I mean, most of the original six teams, uh, I would say Montreal on that. Um, but I don't know. I just think, like, even Pittsburgh, right? Like, I, could, I could never imagine a playoff without Pittsburgh in it because it's been like that for so long, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like when they moved Detroit back or moved Detroit to the East, I feel like it kind of lost a little steam because like they had like, yeah, Toronto, uh, Montreal Rangers are the classic original six. But in reality, the last 25 years, Detroit hasn't had that big of a rivalry with any of them. Their yeah. Colorado is their biggest one, right? Yeah. Like their biggest rivals are in the West and you'd only really get that now until it's the Stanley cup. So obviously, they have like they they're going to build up new rivalries or re, uh, renew rivalries with the original six, whatever. But it's just if you're going on recent history, uh, I feel like Toronto Detroit is while a classic rivalry isn't necessarily the best rivalry you'd you'd want to watch in the playoffs at this point because it's been the least moved from the West in what ninety five. So it's been twenty eight years. Yeah, years? I guess 20, that's true. Twenty eight years since they've actually had any kind of uh, I think we lost Scott I think we no. did oh okay sorry you just randomly stopped talking oh I said uh, it's been 28 years since they've had any big robbery moments and then my point ended so I oh no 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 yeah but it was like we I, I stopped hearing you after like 28 Oh, yeah, I just said it's been like 28 years since I've had any important rivalry moments with Toronto or or any of the other classic original six Eastern teams. So it just doesn't strike me as that um, engaging right now. Um, yeah, I, I mean, personally, I would like to see Buffalo in the playoffs over Detroit. I kind of like Buffalo. Probably a Loki actually uh, might be one of my favorite teams. I, I really like their GM Kevin Adams. I just he seems like the the, the most uh, stellar fella I've ever seen in my life. Um, but also, just quickly uh, speaking about defense, not that this has any bearing on the trade market, but the Keys guys have formally got traded from Ottawa last night to Chicago for a few picks. Um, and then, uh, sorry, with few, a few picks for future considerations. Chicago's in full-on tank mode right now. So um, I don't think there's much adding to talk Zaitsev about besides the – pardon? I said adding Zaitsev will help with that. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, the only thing I guess we could really discuss is if he's going to get bought out this year and go back to Russia or sound with another team, or if he's going to stay on their payroll for the $4.5 million. Like it helps. It helps Ottawa, obviously, four and a half million dollars. They might be able to find that future defense pairing with Shabbat. Like he's like the most overrated defenseman I've ever seen in my life. 
So like maybe they'll find support with him, and that could be Chitrin. But the the best thing about Zaitsev, the best thing in my opinion about Zaitsev, is what was it five years ago, four years ago when Toronto traded him to Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it like five? Was it five years ago? Yeah. Okay. So five years ago, Toronto traded him, and like every Leafs fan, the Ottawa fans were all excited they got him. Whatever. Every Leafs fan was like, "Have fun, he sucks." And then all the Ottawa fans were were hating on him, saying like, "You're just mad we got him. You don't know what you're talking about. He's actually good. He's going to be a star, for, or not a star, but like a solid player for us for years to come." And then like not even a year later, every Ottawa fan was like. This guy sucks. Why do we get him? Why is he on the team? <laughs> yeah, because they put him with Thomas Shabbat. Yeah, like he was. But it's like, just funny how they 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 just switched there after seeing him play. I guess. Oops, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> just yawning over here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they just switched their opinion after one year after ripping Leafs fans for saying that he wasn't as good as everybody thought he was. Uh, the worst part about that trade was that we had to give up Connor Brown for it. Well, yeah, did we even get I mean, that trade? Uh, yeah, I don't even remember. Oh, no, look, Kyle, do you know? Um, wasn't Ron Hainsey in that too? Oh yeah, he could have been. Um. Kyle, did you see my uh, my my screen turn on? Did I see your screen turn on? Okay, good. <laughs> I, I, was in, I was in the middle of yawning. I tried to mute my mic, but oh, uh, I wish I you saw start camera. So I just me like lion roaring. Um, Cody CC. Oh yeah, that's who it was. And Ben Harper. Yeah, and we gave up Michael Carconi with. Brown insights of. Oh, and Aaron Luchuk. Can't forget that legend. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I also remember uh, that was one of the only things I ever, I think, I think I, I think this is right. I think this is the only thing I've ever really agreed with Don Cherry on when they signed that contract and he said it was a little bit overrated for the seven year contract. Yeah. And then obviously that seems to be true. Um, I mean, Don Cherry probably only said that because he was Russian, though. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. That's probably true, but um, yeah. So speaking about a seven-year contract, uh, Kyle Poso's contract's over at the end of the year. I didn't realize that he was in the last year of his seven-year contract. Yeah, that's a big contract too. It was uh, wasn't that like six million a year or something? Yeah, that was in the. I think that was the same year that, or around the same time that like David Clarkson was signed and all that kind of stuff. Like during like all the seven big six seven year deals, and he was like one of the only ones that stuck with it. Yeah. So, and he's their captain, so I'd imagine that he'd probably be re-signed with with Buffalo. Yeah. So here here's a couple trade rumors that are out there right now as of as of tonight. So apparently St. Louis is willing to give up two of their three first-round pa- uh, draft picks for Timo Meyer because they don't want to rebuild. They want to retool. The Preds are asking for two first-round picks for Matias Ekholm. 
Wow. John Gibson and the Ducks would love to find a new home for him. Yeah. Uh, Nick Yeah, yeah, but he has, like, basically, uh, I think most of the teams that were interested in a goalie at the time, he had on their no trade clause or no trade list. Nick Schmaltz has emerged as a as a front runner, or as far as a trade trade target for the Jets. Uh, also, Toronto apparently Toronto's not interested in Luke Shen. Really? I don't know. I, I, I this is news to me. I forget where. I think it was on the Merrick show today. Jeff Merrick, or Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman did their little segment, and Elliot Freeman named like six teams, and Toronto wasn't one of them. Like the, I think the thing uh, he he did mention Toronto in the thing, but he said, like, basically they don't, Luke Shen will go for a third round pick right now. And they don't, they don't want to give up another, another draft pick. So why not give up, like, I don't know, a bum like Alex Kerfoot. For Luke Shen? Yeah, but I mean, like, that may be a bad trade, but I'm just saying, like, if you really think about it, if you if you got rid of Alex Kerfoot and you brought in Luke Shen and even got, like, a pick back, you'd you'd still have enough money to bring in another player or defenseman, right? Because Luke Shen oh, only yeah. makes 850000 And you could just fill Kerfoot's spot in the lineup with a guy from the minors because right yeah. now he's playing last line, so. Yeah, Bobby McCann, there you go, or Pontus Holmberg. Also, as of this or morning. if Robertson's back, you could just slot him no, in. No, he's done for the playoffs. season. Even for the playoffs? Yeah, apparently he might miss next training camp too. Wow. Um, the Bruins and Hurricanes had a trade in place this morning with Craig for Craig Smith, and then he got traded to Washington. And this one's this one's really shocking to me. Dante Fabry, apparently the Sharks and the and the Preds are trying to find a deal so because he wants to play for David Quinn. Dante Fabro, or yeah, what I say, Fabry, sorry. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's Rob. super. Sh- yeah, that's super shocking to me though because he's like twenty four years old. Like he was Wait, supposed what, to be there. What team? San Jose. Hmm. Apparently, weird fit. Yeah, well, apparently San Jose has interest in him, but he uh, really likes David Quinn because he was his, his uh, junior coach. So he would like to go there. And I like, don't know what the return is going to be. Why is Nashville wanting? Like, is Nashville Nash- just wanting to trade him? Yeah, their GM. I forgot his name. Uh, whatever his name is, he said that uh, they're going to uh, uh, they're selling this off season, this trade deadline. Carolina right. is to go into a, like a rebuild, but then why give up a twenty four year old defenseman who you could? Carolina has the new thing. Look at Chicago; they gave up Kirby Doc and Alex DeBrincat. Teams want to be bad as fast as they can, so they can start the rebuild rather than do a slow progression. But uh, like Matthew Shane, apparently Carolina. Wants to take on his contract. I don't know why the hell you'd want to do that. And I don't that know how. Make any sense. I don't know how Carolina can afford all these guys, but that still doesn't make any sense to me. With him, Nashville's one of the worst teams in the league. So why not just keep being bad this season, get a high draft pick, and then you have a twenty-four-year-old defenseman who you could use as a top guy until you actually have a top guy. Yeah, I agree. And then the other pick who you get this year, which judging by the depth of the draft class. Is probably going to be a solid player. Well, they do have a guy, though. That's the thing. Like Roman Yossi, they're not, probably never going to trade him. Yeah, but he's already, like, what, 32? Yeah, but, I mean, like, I don't know what the reason is, but I'd imagine they probably want to try and clear as many people as they can out. Mm-hmm. I dig a lot of leaves. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let me ask you this question. Uh, if there's one defenseman in the NHL oh, right yeah. now, both of you. 
like within reason. Like I'm not saying like Morgan Riley for Henry Yeoman, uh, Roman Yosi, but if there's one defenseman right now that you could you could trade Morgan Riley for one for one, who would it be? Like I'm not saying don't say Kale McCarr because that's just dumb. I'm just saying like one solid one step upgrade. Adam Fox. Yeah, that could work. Uh, I don't think I don't think Rangers would give Adam Fox up for Morgan Riley. Yeah, but I'm saying like Adam Fox is like a one step upgrade on Morgan. I I think like he's like a tier below Gil McCarr. Oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Um, second tier of defenseman. Yeah, like I'm saying like that. Yeah, like that second tier. Like Roman Yosi, Kale McCarr would probably be in the first tier. Hedman. Yeah, Hedman too. It's tough to think about, but I thought about that today. I was like, everyone's talking I mean, about Morgan. This Riley. is assuming that the team would just do it. Like it's a hypothetical. Right? Yeah, I'm talking about like you're playing Angel 23, maybe, maybe you've got Charlie the GMs McAvoy? automatically saying yes. Charlie McAvoy? Yeah, that'd be a good one. So it's, it's kind of tough because like. Oh, Owen Power? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's tough for me to think about, but I would probably say like Shea Theodore. Like someone who can play both sides, you know what I mean? Like Morgan Riley, quote unquote, can, but like Shea Theodore to me, or someone in that, like even like Sergeyev or something like that, you know, who can like hit. But then I was also thinking it might be a step down, but I would take Tori Krug onto my team over Morgan Riley. You know what I mean? Someone who brings a different kind of energy. Because Morgan Riley, I mean, obviously Toronto's not getting rid of him, but there's been lots of talk that they are. But like, if they're getting rid of Morgan Riley, they have to be bringing someone to fill his role. So who would that player be? You know what I mean? Like, I just people don't when people think these things out and they and they report them, it just doesn't make any. It, some of them just don't make sense. If Toronto's not trading Morgan Riley for John Klingberg. Speaking of Klingberg, I don't know about. I don't know if you guys heard anything, but it, he seems like it, the talk around him has been pretty quiet lately. Yeah, I noticed that. He's hurt, isn't he? No, I don't think so. I thought he was hurt. He might be, but... Yeah, because he signed in Anaheim for that reason. Same as Max Domi, same as Athanasiu. But now, like, Max Domi wants a contract extension with Chicago, and John Klinberg, there's been no talk on yeah, they basically just signed a play and then hope to get traded or if things work out there, they get a contract. But yeah, I don't see Klingberg re-signing in Anaheim because he's probably at the stage in his career where he wants to, he wants to go for a cup run. Yeah. The Another defenseman that I think Toronto would have been I mean, it's kind of probably not possible unless you find a two a two double retention. But he's not a UFA, so it's probably never going to be possible. But Ryan McDonough, like he's that type of guy to me. Like that's I think that's the type of person that Toronto needs on their back end, like kind of like what a Jake Muzzin was, but that they're actually going to get now because Jake Muzzin's never coming back to play. You know, like TJ Brody's kind of like that, but someone who's a little bit more rugged. But not just uh, Luke Shen or Jordy Ben, who plays like fifteen minutes still a game. The, just... the Morgan Riley trade hypothetical. No, I'm just saying like those are the, like when people are talking about like Morgan Riley trades or like depth defensemen. Like I would personally th- hope that Toronto would would explore all avenues 
And like, although Ryan McDonough would be too expensive and probably not possible, like a guy like that, you know, who blocks a lot of shots, hits, makes it hard for the opponent. Hmm. Like rather than, cause like, that's what Toronto, like that's what Toronto Maple Leafs fans or media thinks or more management thinks that Justin Hall does, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, but that's not true. <laughs> it's like, that's like people think Justin Hall was Jake Muzzin. And like I was thinking today, like it sucks that Jake Muzzin, like when he came here, he was the talk of the town. He was, you know, and then he he played well. Like he had a good run with Toronto, but unfortunately injuries plagued his career. And now we're back looking for that one defenseman that we needed when Jake Muzzin came. So like I'd hope that Toronto won't just spend the asset to get Luke Shen. Although like, I wouldn't mind Luke Shen on the team because he is that Santa Fe teammate kind of guy. But in my mind, it's like I'd hope that Toronto would kind of get that like top four defenseman if it was possible ever to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, John Klingberg was listed as a scratch on Tuesday night's game with a lower body injury, and he's out tonight's game too. Oh, was he? Okay, so then my next question is, would you guys trade Rasmus Sandin if the deal called for it? Yeah. I would. Well, yeah. Whoa, I mean, guys. Whoa. Like, obviously, there's a caveat of uh, the, the return would have to be better than him. Like, I wouldn't just throw him into a trade to get the trade done if, if it's for something that isn't as good as what he can play as. Exactly. Okay. So what'd you do it like, for a like if you're getting a if you're getting a better defenseman back and the team wants Sandine, then I would say, yeah, put him in there. But if you're getting a bottom bottom line checker and, and Luke Shen and the team wants Rasmus Sandine, and I, I'd say, no, not a chance. Would you do it for a rental? It depends on what rental. Like if it's a, a younger, like if it's like a 30 to 35-year-old veteran guy, I'd say no. But if it's so like John, a 20... John Klinberg, $6 million retained at half would be three. Say it was a a little bit of a package deal, but the main focus was, say, Derek Grant and John Klinberg for, uh, I don't know, someone in Rasmus Sandin. Zach Asher, say, would you do that? No. Because that's where I'm I, torn. I don't I don't see the need to give up. I mean, obviously need is a bit of a weak, a strong word there, but I don't see the point of giving up Sandine, who you have under contract for next year plus, for John Klingberg, who you don't even know if he's going to re-sign with the Leafs. Right? I don't, yeah, like, especially at this point where Klingberg obviously there was something that wasn't being reported even last off season. That's why no one was really in on him until Anaheim got him. Yeah, and like Kyle said, yeah, like Kyle said, there's not really that much talk about him being traded that we've heard. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him up for Klingberg just based on the fact that you could have Sandine for three, four, or five more years, and you could have Klingberg. For twenty more games, and then he'll walk, and then you're left with a hole in your defense pairings because you're out on Klingberg and Sandin. Yeah, yeah, it just it just tears me a little bit because it's like if Toronto didn't trade Rasmus Sandin this year, I really like Rasmus Sandin too, so don't get me wrong. But if they don't trade him this year and they get Luke Shen, Stephen or Steve May or what Scott Mayfield, whomever. And that person's probably going to be taking Luke Shen's or um, Rasmus Sandin's spot. Rasmus Sandin is probably going to be the seventh defenseman going into the playoffs if they get another one. 
which is no good for his development. So would it be worth sending him away? Like if the trade called for it? Because like per- personally, if a trade called for it and you could upgrade your defense and and basically punt decisions to the offseason, like in, in the trade call for it, I would probably give up Rasmus Sandin as well as contract-wise and, and salary cap-wise, probably Alex Kerfoot make a deal work but i mean like that have to be like you guys said like a, a very strong defenseman who would be an upgrade over Rasmus Sandin. i'd probably also trade just looking at it from that work. perspective oh yeah i would have traded just all after one game um <laughs> if you're looking at it from that perspective in that you're trying to do what's best for the player because you know on your team he's like no longer going to be developed then maybe the klingberg if that's like, like a klingberg level player, but I I don't see Toronto giving up Rasmus Sandin to get Luke Shen or a player. Yeah, that, that's, that's I don't I don't last, think that last either. Pair. Like even if Sandin has to play last line minutes, I feel like he's still a step up from what a defenseman you would get in a trade would be. Like some people Other are saying Jake McKay because Jake McCabe, if you if they retained him at at fifty percent, he'd be two million dollars. And you could basically do a one-for-one Rasmus Sandy and Jake McCabe. I think he's like 27. You have him for like two or three more years. I think you should be parting with Rasmus Sandy if it got you Jacob Chitrin. Because Rasmus Sandy, with the right development, could potentially be better than Jacob Chitrin. Like, that's where I'm going with this. It's like, if the deal called for a Chitrin deal or probably actually just him, and you could give up, say, Kerfoot, Hall, Chitrin, and get... uh, or sorry, uh, and Sandine and get Chitrin and whomever in return. That's where I would I would say yes, but I, it's it's tough. But at the same time, like yeah. from the outside looking in, I would say do what's right for the player. But Kyle Dubas is managing a team to try and win a Stanley Cup, right? Like sometimes it's mm-hmm. not about feelings. I feel like if if they're gonna, I mean hypothetically again, of course, if it's the McCabe trade, I feel like the guy you get rid of in that instance is Justin Hall. Because yeah, I feel because like McCabe, he would help Chicago tank. Well, well, yeah, like just take Chicago on the equation, but I feel like McCabe would be used in the same manner as what Justin Hall would be, where he could play top line, second line, third line, depending on who's in, who's playing well, who's not in. He could play PK, he could play whatever. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you have McCabe and Justin Hall, like, Justin Hall is still going to be doing the same things he's doing now lineup decision-wise, and then you'll just be left with McCabe playing wherever he can. Whereas, if you have McCabe and Sandine, you still play Sandine last line with, well, I guess at this point, McCabe, judging by Giordano Lilligren being paired together. Um, and then, if throughout the game, you can move McCabe around like they do just in all. The other thing would be, like, like, if if it ever came to it and you could trade Justin Hall for for McCabe, <laughs> if that ever worked out, because we both know it probably won't, or we all know it probably won't work out. But if you could do that and you could also get a Luke Schenner or Scott Mayfield, would you like? And it calls for Alex Kerfoot, like that would be a no brainer, right? Because you could just call up a McCann or a Holmberg. Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think at this point, both Engvall and Kerfoot out of the forwards are expendable. Well, there's a because... lot of. That Toronto has like five or six roster players that could be expendable on forward and D to try and make. Apparently, this is like an all-in type season for for Kyle Dubas. Whether that's well, inch, different story. Yeah, but I mean, like, like actually, truly expendable. Where like I feel like David Camp adds something to the team that 
the guys you call up from the minors don't necessarily add. Same as Zach Austin Reese. Whereas the players who they've called up, whether it be Bobby McMahon, Joey Anderson, whoever they've called up, they're playing on the level of or the same styles as Engvall and Kerfoot. So you wouldn't really need to worry about losing that camp defensive or faceoff aspect or Zach Austin Reese's physicality because like McMahon or McCann and, and Robertson or um, Anderson would be like they do the same things that Kerfoot and Engvall do. Yeah, that's true. Right. Obviously, if if they can get an upgrade over whatever for camp, I feel like he'd be expendable. Same as Austin Reese. But I feel like of all the forwards, the only two that are actually expendable based on what they bring to the team is is Engvall and Kerfoot because what they bring to the team is easily easily replaceable. So okay, so so I'll start with Kyle then. What's one extra forward that you'd want Toronto to go after? One extra forward? Yeah, it can be depth, can be top six, whatever you want. Um, at this point, where we're at right now, I, I think Lafferty. I know I've mentioned him before. but Oh, yeah, um, that'd be good. Enough. I know you just said forward, but if we could get a package deal of Lafferty and McCabe, I think we could. That would be the, the icing on the cake for Dubas, and that deadline would be done. Yeah, actually, Sam Lafferty would make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's actually a super good one. Uh, Scott? Uh, I, I don't really know. Like, I hear, like, the names. Like, Lafferty would be good, like, based on what Kyle just said. But I don't really feel like there's one name that's been thrown around in trade talks who I actually want on the team. Like, Max Domi's name's been thrown in there. Patrick Kane's name's been thrown in there. Sam Lafferty's name's been thrown in there, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't really want any of those guys. Obviously, I guess the Patrick Kane would be the better of the choices, but I just feel like what Toronto has now, what you're going to add isn't any better, unless it's like a Patrick Kane, but I don't see them getting him. Yeah. And see, it makes it hard, though, because like, like mine would be Frank. I, I feel like. Oh no, that's a good one. Because but I, don't know. Like, I feel like what the top six, right? But at the well, yeah. same time, Matthew Nice. So I I feel what Toronto needed was was added with both O'Reilly and Achari. Yeah, probably because O'Reilly, O'Reilly can play top six or can play third line if needed. You should have Matthew Nice coming uh, potentially, I guess, and then you have Engvall, Kerfoot, Camp. Austin Reese and the the minor guys who could just rotate in as needed, and obviously that, like that is where Petrano and Kane or Lafferty would be would be I guess an upgrade over Engvall and them. But like, is Lafferty really going to do that much on a Leafs playing eight minutes a game? Well, but that's the thing is like Lafferty would probably be a better option and cheaper for Toronto long term, like this season to potentially add a defenseman for like a Kerfoot. That's true. So it's like yeah. the Lafferty one makes a lot of sense. Frank Fortrano doesn't. Um, yeah, I guess like Max Domi, Athanasiu, they don't make sense. But Lafferty, to me, 
does a little bit actually because you could trade the Kerfoot and and retain or not retain, but get half like what's Lafferty make? One, one and a half. Let me check. You know? Like I'm I'm not saying that that everybody's wrong for saying this, whatever. I'm just saying like I don't feel like the the names being thrown around that are connected to Toronto. Excuse me. I don't really Rafferty's on the team. Yeah, Lafferty's one point one five, and he he's on a two year contract. You'd get him for this year and next year. Yeah, I don't. I think that would probably be the best one, but like at the same time, I just personally am like team trade Kerfoot, uh, get him gone, and then use that cap space. And I mean, obviously Justin all too, but let's be real, that's probably not going to happen. But let's like let's move Kerfoot out. Let's keep his cap space or get his cap space or cap hit and and put that money to other areas. And Lafferty would be a good option. Obviously the Jake uh, McCabe. I, I, so is I mean, obviously it's just a rumor at this point, but. Is like almost confirmed that Matthew Nyes is going to play. Yeah. Uh, well, not so for the playoffs, he... no. But it is confirmed that he's joined the team after the. But like he'll be on the roster, but he probably will be like knowing Sheldon Keith, he'll probably put him in and take him out. All right. Well, well, for, from a lineup standpoint, then he's projected to be in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Third line oh. apparently, just based on his play, his style of play. Apparently, he would fit like a, a shutdown power forward role. I think you'd fit more on the second line, though. Move Rally down, or O'Reilly. Okay, well that—that's what I was going to ask. Is if if you play him third line, I would I would even play O'Reilly as third line center. Then it would make sense to add someone who could play top six to play with Tavares and Marner. But I don't know. Personally, I'd probably do Yarn Croak, O'Reilly, and, and uh, uh, Achari on the third line, and and. I think Toronto needs to form, like this is a Nick Kipros thought, but I agree. Toronto needs to form that shutdown role that Tampa Bay had with uh, Goudreau, um, uh, Gord, and Coleman. You know what I mean? Like they had that line that could stack up against any team's top lines. So I think those players should do could do it. And then Nyes could play on a line with Tavares and Marner. But also at the same time, I wouldn't look past Tavares being on the third line. And then those two lines split minutes because, like, technically, if you think about it, if Tavares was on a line with Yarncroke and say Matthew Nyes, and Riley O'Reilly was on a line with say Achari and um, Marner, I think the Marner O'Reilly Achari line would actually be super good together. I mean, all three are very defensive minded, so yeah, but I mean, at this point, I don't, I don't really know. I, I guess of all the names. Yeah, Frank Petrano or Sam Lafferty seem like the best that have been either connected or, or available. But yeah, I don't really see a name on, even if you look, when you look up the TSN trade bait list or whatever, I don't really see a name that stands out as someone who I 100% want on the team for forwards. Well, it's gonna be an interesting day, but okay. So let's uh, let's pick up this conversation right after these ad reads. Um, remember, we are sponsored by both DraftKings and Raycon headphones, so pick up a pair. Uh, and then after that, we'll be back with Kyle's uh, betting segment. Come back, talk a little bit 
a little bit more trade and leaves, a little Frank Cervelli action, and uh, and we'll wrap up the pod and be back with you for a trade deadline special next week. We'll be back after these words. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoop action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, place a same-game parlay on any NBA team, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get your free bet back. In light of the recent NBA trade deadline, I'm going to be placing every bet on the Phoenix Suns, so download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on any NBA bet and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See notes for details. This time of year, everyone talks about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make that big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if there is something that you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yeah, Raycon starts at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't have to choose between the products. You can get one of each, or a pair and a spare, and still pay less than the others. Even if you know you'll love Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about that purchase. They offer buy now and pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. My favorite features about the Raycon headphones is the noise isolation, the crystal clear call quality, and the eight hours of playtime on my everyday earbuds. So are you ready to buy something small with big impact? Go to Raycons.com slash THPN today and get 15% off of your Raycons order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Alrighty. Remember, use the promo code THPN, win some money, and uh, get some headphones. Kyle, the cruise ship. You ready? Uh, yeah. Good to All go. Right. Kyle's going to be with you with a, with a uh, betting segment special. Here we go. Here comes the tunes. All right, one second. <laughs> this always happens. All right, let's just get rid of the tunes. All right, hit it, Kyle. Anyways, um, so no more football anymore, as I've said before. Um, so I'm just going to try and get you guys some, uh, just some generic picks out of uh, NHL and NBA. Um, so we'll just go with the tomorrow night schedule, um, assuming, uh, well, not assuming, because I know Spencer always has the pod 
pause out uh, at a good time. Um, so for tomorrow night, uh, we'll, we'll go with the picks. Obviously, the Leafs play tomorrow night home against the Wild. I think the Leafs will come out and win that. Um, so take Leafs money line there. Minnesota's going to be um, off of back-to-back. They're playing in Columbus tonight. Um, they'll be tired. Um, I know they've won three straight right now. Tonight could be four if they beat Columbus, but at least they'll do uh, a good job and they'll hold them to it. Leafs probably win four two if it was my guess. So if you want to take Leafs money line, take that. That'd be my pick for sure. Um, but you could even include them in a parlay if you like my other picks. Second pick, um, I'd take the pan. The, we got the Buffalo Sabers at Panthers. I'd take uh, I'd take Florida. Buffalo's playing tonight in Tampa. Um, again, back to back. Typically, I'm not a big fan of teams playing in back-to-backs. Um, Florida at home, they've been pretty solid. Got a nice record of 16-8-3. Buffalo is pretty good on the road. So it's going to be a close game, but I would take Florida. That one I would not include in a parlay. I would just take Florida money line. Um, I, I don't have the odds quite yet just because it's too early and because of Buffalo playing tonight. But, yeah, Florida money line, you should get it at a pretty decent number because Buffalo, I think, is going to make it a close game. But, yeah, Florida, Florida should take that at home. Um, another pick, I would include this one in a parlay, though. Uh, you got the Senators at Hurricanes. Um, Hurricanes minus 240 favorites. Obviously, big margin there. Um, yeah, Hurricanes should just easily beat them at home. Um, great team at home, great team in general. Include Carolina in a parlay, maybe stack them with the Leafs. Um, moving on, we got Montreal at floor at Philly. I'm gonna take Philly here, but this isn't a complete lock. I know Montreal has been better as of late. Um, but Philly has had um, I think they've had three or four days off. It'll be three or four days um, going into tomorrow night. I think they played Monday or Sunday. Um, yeah, I think the Flyers will be able to beat Montreal at home, just single parlay bet. Single bet that one, no parlay. Um, Kings, the Islanders, I would take the Islanders. Um, Kings, another team coming off back-to-back. Um, looks like Quick will be in that. He's obviously not the same Jonathan Quick as we've seen. Um, in past years, I think Islanders have a very good shutdown defense. Um It'll be a low-scoring game there, maybe like a 2-1, 3-1 game with Sorokin in that. The guy's unbelievable. Um, but take Islanders at home there. I'd, I'd single bet that one just because you should probably get it with good odds. Um, it'll probably come in at maybe like minus 135, if I were to guess. Minus 140, but I could be completely wrong. But, yeah, um, Islanders should be slight favorites. but. 
nothing crazy. So single bet them. And then um, I'm betting every game in the NHL tomorrow. Um, you got Colorado at Winnipeg. I'm going to take the Avalanche. That game's going to come in pretty close. I think it'd be just about even. It's in Winnipeg. I know Winnipeg's pretty good at home. They're 20-8. and eight. I think Colorado can uh, go north and beat them. Colorado's had time off, so hopefully it um, helps them. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Colorado there. Um, I think that's all for tonight, guys. Um, I'm not going to go too in-depth into the NBA here. Actually, I'll go with a couple NBA picks um, just for your NBA fans out there, just in case there's any that listen to the pod. Um, I'm just a little biased as I like home teams, typically. Um, home teams are better from from my perspective um, with regards to bet, my bets. Um and unless your away teams like the Bucks or um, the Nuggets or the 76ers, then I don't usually like betting away teams. So tomorrow night, uh, I'm going to go with the Wizards over the Knicks. They're minus one and a half point favorite. I'm going to go with the Bucks over the Heat. They're minus one and a half point favorite. And this is an exception here. I'm going to take the Cavs. They're in Atlanta. They're plus money as of right now. Um, but, yeah, those are my, going to be my three NBA picks for tomorrow. I'm not going to go in-depth with the other ones, but um, those three there will make you more money than the rest because the odds aren't as good. But, yeah, that's it for my betting segment this week. Bet responsibly. Hopefully you guys can win some money. Hopefully is right there, buddy. Um, Kyle, question for you: Would in a Buffalo Tampa game, would you bet Tampa or Buffalo? Typically Tampa, um, but Tampa has um, screwed me over, so I would potentially take Buffalo there. And I know they're head to heads. Buffalo has had some games where they've kind of surprised. Tampa. So, well, you'd be right, sir, because Buffalo's beating Tampa four four one or four two right now. Oh my gosh! So, uh, yeah, it depends on the game, but yes, that that one's kind of a tough tough matchup. Also, just a little side note here, Kyle. Uh, I was up by like forty points on you in fantasy, and so far tonight, my team's averaged like a negative six uh, points. So basically, you're gonna pass me tonight. Yeah, it's because you suck. Actually, you just passed me. You you've got guys playing later though. You've got like your whole team playing later. Yeah, Boston. Boston's half my team. Yeah. So. You're- <laughs> <laughs> Boston fan, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I love Boston. Love the Boston Bruins. Um, Scott, I'm just quickly looking here. Uh, where are you? One, two, three, four. Oh yeah, fifth. Yep, that's right. Okay, just wanted to make sure that you're still behind me and Kyle. So who sucks? <laughs> it, it doesn't matter where you finish as long as you make the playoffs. Yeah, it actually does a little bit. It does a little yeah. bit. And I'm pretty sure the two times we play each other, I've beaten you. So. 
Um, let's go back and look quickly. This will be on air. Okay, I won that week. Uh, I actually whooped her ass 378 to 330 in week 17. Oh, uh, <laughs> you beat me 40 points. Yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure I gave up like 600 points last week. Though. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I haven't lost in like seven weeks, so hopefully I don't lose to Kyle. You have been better as of late. I have noticed that trend. Yeah, Kyle is, um, Kyle's pretty much only lost like two games, so. Yeah, Kyle whooped my ass in the in week ten. Not gonna say the score though. Um, oh, here it is, Scott. Yeah, you did whoop my ass in week eight, three sixty two to two eighty nine. But since then, I'm thirteen and five, and you're at <clears throat> ten and eight. So, <gasps> oh yeah, that's what I think of that. <laughs> Kyle or Scott, here's uh, Kawhi Leonard laughing at your uh, team. One second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <this is> so <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> Scott, you laugh just like him. No, I don't. And here's uh, Kawhi Leonard cheering for my team. <laughs> oh, wow. They're really getting up on it, huh? Is that the applause from Tiger Woods? Tiger like the Woods? Old, the old computer game we used to have? Oh, I don't know. I just got online because I want a soundboard. Just to actually make fun of Kyle for like the first two minutes of the episode, and then I haven't used it since. So, And I pretty much say the same joke about the Kawhi Leonard thing every time. So, I'm off next week, though, so I'll find some new ones. All right, let's wrap up this stuff here with a couple quick things. Uh, Scott, you want to talk about Frank Cervelli, so take it away. The floor is yours. I sure do. The absolute moron. Scott, um, I'm going to yeah. name this pod, this segment of the podcast. You know what really grinds Scotty G's gears? Why? Because you're pretty much Peter Griffin and Family Guy. Okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> um, yeah, so Frank Cervelli had an absolute meltdown over the Leafs acquiring Ryan O'Reilly and Nolan Noel Achari. I don't know why I said Noel. Because you're an idiot. On both his podcast and Twitter and pretty much anywhere people had heard him talking, he was just ripping the trade, saying Toronto gave up too much, uh, that Ryan O'Reilly, after Toronto acquired him, Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari aren't the needle movers that the Leafs needed, even though before he was traded, there was a piece put out by Frank Cervelli that said teams in the hunt for playoffs should be looking to acquire Ryan O'Reilly to get over the hump. Uh, yeah, so he was just absolutely ripping the trade. People are just assuming it's because he didn't break it or didn't know anything about it, and he was just having a hissy fit from that perspective because he thinks he's Bob McKenzie, but he's not. And, uh, yeah, so far, the Boston trade, which pretty much the same exact deal, only Toronto got better players, uh, he's been uh, quiet on hasn't said anything about it, even though the return, what they gave up was pretty much the same. The picks, one, two, three, four. Or in Boston's case, I guess it was a fifth. And then Orloff and uh, Hathaway, but Toronto got O'Reilly and Chari. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was funny that he was pretty much having a hissy fit on social media and his podcast because well, I mean, no one actually knows the reason other than what people just assumed is that he didn't break the trade or didn't have any kind of inside information about it happening. 
until he was having a hissy fit, and I thought it was funny. Yeah, he continued that hissy fit on uh, the Fan 590 Sportsnet Radio, um, making fun of, I think he called people on Twitter keyboard warriors. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the other thing was he even wrote in his blog about him getting ripped apart. Oh, so, yeah. Frank Cervelli's insider knowledge is a bit, or insider game is the same as ours. He monitors Twitter every second of the day until someone breaks a story and then quickly retweets it or puts a tweet out pretending he broke the story. Well, Frank Cervelli just wants to be LA Freeman. That's the thing that pisses me off. It's like, you're not, buddy. Um, yeah. You're not even Jeff Merrick. Uh, and then what else we got here? Uh, Tavares, O'Reilly, Achari, and Camp playing center down the stretch might be the best uh, four centers in the league. Well, no, like obviously Matthews is included in that, but like I put that on there to propose the question of who do you want to play center? I actually cannot believe I forgot to put Matthews in that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, Shut up, Kyle. Yeah, you so <laughs> can't even remember him. Oh man. Okay, that's you the really thing. Have I, a I hate playing you in fantasy because I can't cheer for the like. I have to cheer for the Leafs, obviously. But like, you got Bunting and Matthew. I got Bunting from you, buddy. Yeah, my Leafs players. What did you say there, uh, shit stain? <laughs> I said my Leafs players are better. Who do you have? Marner and Tavares. And where are you in the standings? That's not what the topic was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah he said he hates playing you because you have Matthews and Bunting. But this season, Marner and Tavares have been playing better. Yeah. I think I think, um, I think think Matthews has just many points as your whole team does, actually. So why don't you I have quit, your, uh, <laughs> quit your talk over there, buddy? Yeah, you got Marner. You're in fifth place there, buddy. That wasn't yeah. the topic. We already went over. I I can't talk to anyone that's lower than me in the standings, there, pal. Anyways, continue your discussion about the center stuff. Yeah, it was just a performance question of who you guys want to see at center. Because right Uh, now it's O'Reilly, Achari, Camp, but obviously it's rumored that Tavares is supposed to go back to center at some point. So I want uh, Matthews, Tavares, O'Reilly, and Camp. A cherry playing wing. Kyle, what do you want? I want that same thing. Uh, Loser McGavin, what do you want? Who? That's you, Loser McGavin. It's like (laughs) McGavin, but... Only worse? Yeah. I'm just saying this. Um, Together, Marner and and Tavares have uh, 1,100 points. And Matthews has 620, so uh, you're barely uh, beating no. that, buddy. I didn't mean fantasy points. I meant actual points that matter. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Now, okay, Kyle, he seems to be chaining up a lot, huh? You've gotten that idea, too? Every time I just call this guy a loser, he's like, actually, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> wasn't you don't know anything, buddy. I literally said you... Marner and Tavares hey, having you a better watch season. It. You might Matthews finish last Bunting. place in this fantasy league if you I don't watch I can't finish last team. place. The last guy hasn't even won a game. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he never changes his lineup. Yeah. I don't know who you are, buddy, but you just have 18 injured players in your lineup. This guy's got a hockey too. His name's Hockey. Pardon me? His name's Hockey. Yeah, Hockey Troll. <laughs> yeah, there's another guy in here that barely fixes lineup. I offered him a trade like 16 weeks ago and he never applied. Uh, Is it Hoobie Dooby Doo? It could be, actually. Let me look. Um, it was the guy I played last week, actually. You played me last Oh, just kidding. That was Hockey Troll. My bad. Oh, yeah, so ho- Hockey Troll, buddy. Why don't you come on here and accept my trade offer? He wants to trade for Adam Pellick. Oh, the trade deadline's over. Great. Scott, who do you want down the gap? Uh, yeah, I same as what you guys said. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't say Marner and Tavares. Um, why would I say Marner? He can't play center. Apparently, well, yeah, he oh, actually can. He was a natural center, so thanks for no, coming no, out there, he buddy. Can't play but uh, I think I, I would go with. He's uh, better than Matthews. I think I'd go Nylander, Achari, Camp, and Kerfoot. Yeah, you probably would because that's how you build a losing <laughs> team in fantasy. You plug. I don't have any of those players. Kyle Scott's the Justin Hall of fantasy, huh? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think the guy who hasn't won a game would be the Justin Hall of Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, man, I should pick up Justin Hall of Fantasy. I'd probably still whoop your ass, Scott. Let me just quickly see how many points Justin Hall has in Fantasy. That's a lot of blocks. He has 208. Wow. He's got 263. Where are you seeing that? On my, it's a 208. Are you on the right one? I'm on the one that we have, all three of us. Oh, sorry. I'm not on the right one. (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) Yeah, actually, sorry. I was just looking at the one I'm in first place in. Yeah, sure. Okay, actually, let me tell you what place I'm in. It's not on first. You can't get a lot. No, I'm in sixth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a 16-team league, so I'm still going to make the playoffs. Unlike you, you're literally two spots away from not making the playoffs. So why don't you can it over there? No, I'm not. Oh, here comes the waterworks, Kyle. Better get your floaties. Six teams make the playoffs, do they not? Yeah. Yeah, and, so uh, there's only seven teams left that could possibly make the playoffs in our fantasy league. Yeah, so can I ask you a question? If six teams made the playoffs and you're in fifth, and I said you're two spots away from not making the playoffs, that means you'd be in seventh, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. You got me. <laughs> yeah. I've, I got you on I got you in 4K, buddy. <laughs> like, buddy's out. <laughs> buddy's out. <laughs> buddy's out one TikTok of the kid that's like, this guy is gonna be a professional basketball player. And then you know, the basketball, it's a straight in the face. Yeah. Sorry about this guy, uh, Kyle. He's a little bit of a plug. How many weeks do we have left? I like two or three. Yeah, so if I win this week, I'm in the playoffs. Yeah. Are you winning this week? So I'm in the playoffs. Yeah, I'll believe it. Oh, say can you see is one game behind you. Buddy, that says, oh, say can you hosey. Wait, what? (laughs) 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 Yosey. I'm leaving that in there. Yeah. But I'll be at 12 and 8, and he'll move to 10 and 9. That's two games. That means I'll still be ahead of him. 
All right, Kyle, this guy got lucky, huh? Wait, 12 and 8 from this week? If I win this week, I'll be at 12 and 8, and he's winning. If he wins, he'll be at 10 and 9. You're 10, and eight, You're 10 yeah. and 8 right now. 11 and 8. You trying to give yourself extra wins? You're still yeah. on- <laughs> <laughs> He's giving himself an extra win. <laughs> <laughs> you guys bought it for a second. <laughs> like, all right, Kyle, he got us. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm just looking on Instagram right now, actually. Anyways, uh, good episode, boys. Uh, what'd you say? Oh, I play that guy next week. I'll have to do uh, who? Hockey Troll? No, that O C N O C. Oh, man. That's funny. Sorry. Right. O C N O C. Oh, man. For some reason, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to correct Kyle here and I'm going to be a cool ass bitch. And then. <laughs> game in San Jose. <laughs> oh man. Um so yeah, we'll probably keep guys keep you guys informed on uh when we're doing the trade deadline special. It might not be the night of the trade deadline. Uh it might be the next day in the afternoon. Uh which probably might work better actually because uh there'll be some trickling trades on Friday night, so We're down to the wire a week tomorrow is the trade deadline, so uh, keep it locked. Ciao.